ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patrons, and of course our friends beyond the binary, patrons beyond the binary. Hey, what's up? Thanks for supporting the show. So glad I can bring this to you. Uh, good night. Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is attempt to good. What I'm going to attempt to do uh, is create a safe place. I paused because I was picturing, um, like, like I used to go to the New York State Fair a lot as a kid. Well, let's talk about that later. But I was picturing a giant, like a like a high dive, and just a high dive. Not that like don't like. Uh, but anyway, what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place. Uh, that's why I was like, like paused and didn't speak in my mind, but uh, create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, uh, physical feelings, uh, emotions, travel, somebody else's, whatever it is that's keeping you like uh, awake. Uh, I'd like to take your mind off that and keep you company here in the deep, dark night. And uh, so I'm going to broadcast my voice across this path, you know, through this, whatever, however you're listening. Uh, send it out across the world to your ears. Uh, you know, first, well, I guess, like, I would like to say it's first-class delivery. It's sleep class, sheep class delivery. I don't know. I, I wish that there was a, sometimes the jokes don't come easy or the metaphors. Uh, but I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use creaky dulcet tones, uh, lulling, uh, soothing, meandering pace. And basically, I'll just be here for you. That's really what I'm, I mean, but I'll be talking pretty much nonstop uh, to keep you company uh, tonight uh, while you fall asleep. This podcast doesn't actually put you to sleep. It's just here as your boar friend, as your boar bay, as your boar bud uh, to take your mind off of stuff while you drift off into dreamland. If you're new, structure the show. Start off with business. Uh, Got to do that at the top of the show for a sleep podcast. That's super important. If you're a regular listener, it is critical. When your hand hits that fridge tomorrow, say "Sleep with Me" podcast, and then say, "Oh wait, what? what like it'll, it'll like uh, that's the spot I need you to think about. Oh, like uh, the podcast when your hand hits that fridge. Uh, but if you're new, don't worry about it. So we start off with that. Then we have an intro, which I'm just starting out. Usually it's about twelve minutes. Uh, sets the mood for the podcast. Some people use it to fall asleep to. Some people use it while they're getting ready for bed, and some people skip over it because the timestamps are in the show notes. Yeah, then we'll have an episode, and uh, that'll be like a bedtime story with uh, plenty of tangents. But uh, so that's the structure of the show. As far as there's not really any rules, but uh, a couple advisory points I'd like to make. If I don't, if you don't mind me using some fancy words. That just popped into my head. I said, what should I, advisory points. That's what the advisor in my brain said. Uh, here's the advisory point number one. This is a podcast you don't really need to listen to like uh, or pay attention to. It's kind of like a little bit more than background noise, but a little bit less than like stuff that gets on your nerves. Now, it doesn't work for everybody, so I could get on your nerves, uh, Like, but uh, I'm your boyfriend. I'm just here to help. 
So give it a few tries and see about that. So, so, so you don't really need to listen to it. It's just kind of like a general distraction where I hold your attention loosely and slowly you slip out of my grip across the threshold from wake to sleep. Uh, but just because it's a sleep podcast, you're not under any pressure to fall asleep. I'm not here to convince you to fall asleep or to say do this or do that. So I'm just here to keep you company. Uh, just a friendly voice in the night that's been there, uh, struggling, tossing and turning, thinking, planning, plotting, all those things. Uh, a lot of stuff, you know, like, uh, like you know, or waking up in the middle of the night and not getting, you know, all those things. I've been there. When I was a kid, I had terrible insomnia. Right around uh, when school would start, uh, I wouldn't be able to sleep and never forgot that. And I never forgot what it felt like uh, to be lying there and wish you, like, uh, I could just turn turn my mind off and, and go, you know, snuggle in and go to sleep. Uh, and I would listen to the radio and especially comedy stuff to make myself laugh and to take my mind off of it. And so at some point I made this podcast to say, hey, geez, maybe this will help some people out there. Because uh, you deserve it. Like, that's the thing. Like, you really do. You deserve some company in the deep, dark night, at least. Uh, you know, if I can help you fall asleep, that would be ideal, right? I mean, I think we're on the same page here. You know, if I could rub your feet, I would not do that. Uh, like, but I'll put you to sleep. Like, uh, like uh, let's just, you know, let's put it all out there. I'm sorry, Mr. M- oh, no. Sorry, sometimes I get Scrooge McDuck and Mr. Magoo mixed up. Uh, I don't know why. But it was Mr. Magoo said, I'd pay you a million dollars. But then I realized Mr. Magoo probably doesn't have a million dollars to pay me to rub uh, Mr. Magoo's feet. And then I said, oh, I could rub him. And I said, oh, no, Scrooge McDuck doesn't have feet. He has, uh, what are those things called? They're not fins. Like, uh, holy cow, how does my brain not know what what do ducks walk around? Ducks do have feet, I guess. How much foot would a duck foot ha- duck 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 foot have? Uh, is that what they're called? Ducks' feet, uh, like uh, they paddle around with them, but they're not oars, and they're not fins. Uh, thank you, aquatic brain. It, it, like this is, this is why I make a silly podcast. <laughs> Clearly, I'm demonstrating uh, my ineptitude, aptitude by ineptitude. Ineptitude. I have an aptitude for ineptitude, dude, as Bart Simpson would say. He says, but Bart Simpson also says, eat my shorts. Uh, but I was just trying to think of like uh, ducks, like uh, ducks' feet. I guess you'd say, yeah. Can look at those ducks? It waddles. Ducks waddle, right? Like my vocabulary, it, it constantly shrink, I have vocabulary shrinkage, shrinkage. You see, even in the and also yeah, pronunciation. I think my tongue shrinks when I try to pronounce words. Uh, what was I going to? I was going to talk about the New York State Fair, but uh, obviously I got uh, like I got a case of uh, duck brain, like water off a duck's back uh, onto its. I almost had it. Uh, there is a term for it. I want to see the are they called waddlers? No. What does this have to do with the podcast intro? Oh, it's going to say. I guess if Scrooge McDuck uh, uh, paid me to rub Scrooge McDuck's feet, uh, 
I would do it for probably a million dollars, but it would stop at the feet. I'd say, listen, Scrooge, uh, I don't even know what, what, what goes on above your knees, but it won't be going on here. Like, I'm just here to rub your feet. And also, Mr. And I'm going to subsidize rubbing Mr. Magoo's feet. Of course, I'm going to pay someone because, God, like, who knows what's going on between Mr. Magoo's toes with those, uh, like, uh, also, Mr. Magoo, I think there was a Mr. Magoo reboot in the last 10 years, but um, Mr. Magoo was a cartoon character with terrible eyesight, and all of the comedy would play on that. Kind of like, like a, I, have a Mr. I have terrible vocabulary, so I'm like the Mr. Magoo of vocabulary. And I'm sure some of you are lying in bed. This is the, like, this is the interactive phase of the podcast anyway, where you say it's called a duck's... How did you not know it's a duck's foot? Uh, and I say, like, uh, whatever, like, I said, yeah, this is a, it's a method. It's a podcast to put you to sleep. I got to have an interactive portion where you say, scoots, no. And what that does, I haven't talked about this in a while, is, uh, like, I call them brain bots, the different parts of you that as soon as you lie down in bed, it gets quiet. They start rolling around like BB-88 and BB-8, uh, Pointing out, you know, your your defects or what you didn't do or what you should do. But the good thing is when they see me malfunctioning, and I'm trying to function normally, but, you know, I'm full of malfunctions, and then you point it out, makes you look good with your brain bots. So they say, at least you know what to go, what, what the heck a duck's foot's called. And, yes, I know a duck's got a bill. Believe me, like I'm not totally uh, bonkers. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't help when your idea of a duck's anatomy is Scrooge McDuck anyway. And he's always like uh, waving his cane and saying, you know, complaining. So, uh, yeah, so this is a podcast that puts you to sleep, believe it or not. So if you're new, don't really, just clearly don't really need to pay attention. But I'll be here uh, to keep you company, uh, to stand watch in some way and keep talking your friend in the deep dark night now like i said if you're new give it a few tries doesn't work for everybody not i'm not everybody's cup of tea and it's a little bit different but basically you just got to kick back and listen and and you barely have to listen at that uh because i'll be here uh and i appreciate you trying the show out so i'm trying to think of any other stuff uh you got to get out of here because i have an appointment with uh s mcd uh, which may be, I think, what's the orange? Oh, that was Grimace. So I said, is that Grimace from McDonald's? Who's on my foot rubbing chart today? Grimace had feet. Uh, Grimace was another character. I don't know if they do commercials for McDonald's anymore. Uh, but Grimace was like a blue, uh, a giant blue, I don't know if it was a furry creature. Uh, kind of pear-shaped, uh, purple, always smiling, Probably from the constant sugar high. I don't know if well, I never saw. I don't know if I saw Grimace uh, drink any soda. Hamburglar. I'm trying to think of the McDonald's. There was like a, I think there was a pirate too involved. These were McDonald's commercials. This was how I was raised. These are this was my belief system. A lot of my like believe it or not, you can't go into a university ethics class. I mean, nowadays they probably teach this stuff. Uh, they say, well, where, where, where are you familiar? And I say, yeah, I've learned a lot of life lessons uh, from uh, the Hamburglar. That's where I got all my ethics from. 
And, uh, you know, also wondering, you know, is it like uh, how hungry is the Hamburglar? Is, you know, how rich is Ronald McDonald? And they say, but I say, oh, no, it's always wrong. Of course, Professor. Were you, was there ever a professor? Can I ask you a question? Was there ever a professor McBurger? Because if there was, you should be that. But or is that my paper you're grading? Because they think you'd be the per, per, perfect Professor McBurger. And you could have a doctorate in uh, hamburger ethics, for ethics of bur, burger ethics, uh, and uh, fry morals, moral fries. Fry morals, I think, uh, doctor. I'm not in this class. What do you mean I'm not in this class? Uh, Dr. Berger, uh, paging Dr. Berger. Dr. Berger, please report to uh, Ronald McDonald's office. Yeah, I know Jack in the Box stole the thunder. I know that, uh, Professor, but uh, I was just doing a podcast intro, and then I got distracted. So actually, Dr. Berger, what do you think about um, What do you think about branching out? Like, uh, we could pitch this over at Jack in the Box, uh like I could hear Jack in the box saying, "Doc, get me Doctor Berger." Oh, the, the, like, uh, what do you mean? This isn't a university. This isn't my brain. You're kidding me. Okay, I got to get back to the. Uh, sorry, listeners. I was going to finish up the intro there, and the next thing you know, I had got a grimace started dancing around in my brain. Then I saw this. I remember this one McDonald's ad had growing burgers and fries, like in a garden. Another thing, always confused. I said, should we spread? Where do we, where's the burger patch? I'd come home. I'd say, mama, mama, why, is, why don't we have a burger patch? Okay. I'm just getting ridiculous here. I don't know what happened. Uh, watch too much TV as a child. Thanks, Nana. Uh, that's, uh, uh, so if you're new here, podcast is different. Uh, give it a few tries. I appreciate you coming by. I really work hard and I yearn. Because I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, all right, let's get on with the show. All right, hey, everybody. It's uh, time for uh, episode style we haven't done in a while. Tr- trending like a transcript Tuesday because it's Tuesday and uh, it's actually Tuesday when I'm recording this. And I, like, uh, I do these machine transcripts of the podcast. And like I like I like I've been trying to uh, I don't know I've been doing them for a while I've been paying to get them done and trying to find time uh, to you to to like update them at some point but because they're machine transcripts and because they don't speak exactly clearly for humans the machines that are transcripting uh, you know they can have trouble and there's two. Or three big machine machine transcript companies that I know podcasters use, and I don't want to name any names because it like, uh, but here here's just a like a, uh, like this is just in the in the middle here. I'm seeing uh, you're uh, like a believer in the holy grail of cosmetic golden age Blake Teen magazines. Uh, if you want to have your mind blown and be correct. So I'm going to skip over the intro and go right to the story. And I guess uh, I don't think you'll have trouble figuring out what story it is. It's uh, from a couple from a while back. Uh, here's another one. Uh, uh, I hope you fall asleep. I'm glad you're here. All right, let's move on. Hey, okay, here we go. We got another call coming in. Thank you, Bob. Bob, that's Bob's operator. Okay, go ahead. If blow phone call, Bob.
I think this is when we're taking uh, phone calls from listeners in the uh, intros. Uh, I see something about the Bolshoi. Uh, so I'm just going to read through here, and then I'll get to the story. Uh, maybe I'll just read it, but who knows on what kind of tangent. But, hey, glad you're here. Uh, it could be magic. And then I saw Hotchner interrupted by some man saying, oh, boy. I think he said, I said, she said, don't have this language down here. And then on to the stage, through the curtain. Uh, oh, steps, so, so we're ahead here. So I will have to jump back. Uh, okay, let's start here. Uh, and yeah, the Facebook uh, community on Facebook is awesome. Yes, uh, so you just you keep up the good work. Like, seriously, we, we love you. And you can do no wrong. Oh, I think that was a listener calling. Uh, That's Shebby, our good friend Shebby. It's so funny, I can't find the end of the uh, intros anywhere. Uh, okay, so let's just start here. You know when you look at a stage, older ages, they're made of wood. But newer stages tend to gullyheim. They tend to have a shinier sheen, as in Charlie Sheen. Now look at those stages, and I wonder, are they black or are they dark? Uh, oh, if I had a better seat, would I... What a sea. You know what seems in no better way, see. If I had better see what you see. Color first, black or blue, and they started out at this stage in front of me. An empty stage and a sort of few times, I said in the audience, and seen an empty stage. When it hadn't been a part of the performance, if it pulled you out in a way, I don't know if you could pull yourself back in. At this stage, it would either be too fast or too small. You just see a wall right back there. You go back into a nice thing. Into do since the 60s. I don't know what's wood on there, but it's and what it is takes away from the magic. And you see sandbags, and when the curtain lowers, it creates this barrier. What mostly creates this anticipation is what I was staring out. It is gleaming black navy, wavering gleaming. It seemed more of a glimmer. The curtain finally fell so that they could all say was it was a flat black individual in front of me and then a diaphanous. I'm not sure if it's diaphanous, a billowing curtain. And when you're in the seat or when you're in the waiting and you're in the right mood, you see what's going on back there. You're either wondering, is people working, or are actors, or are you just preparing to disengage from reality and get in the zone, as Ray would say? And then you get nervous, or do you get excited? Well, in this case, I was nervous, secure, and fill in for me. So I devised a curtain, and I thought about curtain the night before, for this curtain had fallen in a post on SCI just past dawn. It's just a roll, and appeared to me the night of fall, and in some sense that's a curtain, especially where we were surrounded in inky blackness, and then in four nights. It's kind of like a curtain, and that eternity you lowered and raised on the previous, you know, when the inky blackness surrounded us. We worked on off, taking turns to watch, hearing... For the coming morning, which was now here. Mostly we tried to press it to talk to you and to stare, 
and notice that as skirt in the fog has descended on this post on the scene in front of me, it doesn't seem natural. It's gray and very strong wind, just like a curtain. And part of me here has some music, uh, some music, I guess, in which some senses, which is causing my doing, which is causing me to be here, seeing somewhere, anticipating something, stepping, and this stage is the stage. And I'm wondering if it's music playing somewhere in a ship for him on a ship, rocking back and forth. But clearly my thoughts are coming back and forth, and you can enjoy it to hear the sounds of waves of lapping. And you can hear the sounds of men working and chatter. They can also hear this music, you know, because of some of the faces around me. I'm afraid, as you know, part of me says, do you hear that? Do you hear that? So, but I'm afraid I haven't confirmed it either way, so it could be magic. And then I saw Hotchner interrupted by some man saying, Oh boy, I think he said, I said she said, we don't have this language down here. And then on to the stage through a curtain steps or waiting for a ship, it slides onto the fog bank and was like a lone ice skater on a pond in some idyllic situation you'd happen upon, forest to fantasy, and you'd see Jesus use the ice princess or something. Skiing was great, you see. It makes you want to say Bolshoi Ballet, Bolshoi Ballet with this race. And then you see, she says, in a ship that is same steady grace, carving and lightning on the carving and lightness, is almost like a dance, an image of a silvery sparkly thing is still in my head. When the sounds of like and when someone shakes a sheeta, before they hang their clothing line, for food, for food, sound in my heart was dirty, I guess, I don't know, squished is a word, when they sounded and someone again, another old girl cry, and they say, poof, poof, a smoke around the dancing ship off in the distance, and I felt my heart stopped, and it wants me to stop here and take you back in the night and just to disorient you, or brought me to this moment. What a cold, and will propel me forward. It took a place, you know, out of the transverse plane. You understand how it was tied to Aberdeen and all, but it really doesn't need to make any sense. And in some sense, it doesn't know, because things we do especially when we're in the middle of it like I am now. They don't always ever make sense, but there you know, some of you know, that have been saying our few was into the pilot last week. You know, I used to work from time to time, up until recently, had this bed and breakfast exist on the edge of what we would call the universe, so the edge of sensibility going with the seam of this show. And what is known as transverse corks is a street. It is known, and you know, by the post office, which you said in the edge is this thing called a transverse plane, where some universes happen to enter. I have no idea. They don't have a way beyond my understanding. Those who are not, some not metaphysical, they don't think it's a transverse plane. And the couple that runs the bread and butter, 
the couple that runs a bed and breakfast and run out for people like me and you, they run for people who they need to spend some time out on the transverse plane to, you know, get some R&R. We've talked about it a little before, and I worked out there telling stories, you know, how when seasons come, a lot of these things, how I mean people that are portrayed in our media, their unresolved feelings come out, and they go out there to deal with it. And I talked to a couple that I ran into hire me to tell bedtime stories out there, and they went well and not so well, but also hinted recently that they kind of been keeping something from you, is that I met a friend there who was there when I was working in New York City. We became a friendship, I guess, but now it's too late to say that because it's beyond that. But as they are in a bed and breakfast, they have, you know, most bread and breakfast, a lot of them, a couple of cottages. You know, I guess it's if you're into some stuff and some loud stuff, and I say, I want more privacy. We're really, you know, or, you know, super famous or maybe a writer and they use it as an office. And I admit, you know, Lady Witchbeard out there, once upon a time and again, led, you know, I keep in touch with the people there. I say, geez, if you want me to come back, you know, it gets busy. Uh, Lately, you have been busy with the cast, but they say, hey, come out, you know. Make sure your presence is known and they actually like it out there because they can stock up on candy because previously you had to have someone again. Let's not get into the physics or the metaphysics of it. But I have to go out on the transverse plane with somebody. You're supposed to go out there in some sort of reason. It means you know the transverse plane like the ante room or the lobby. Nothing like either one of those for some reason. While I'm in there, there's some sort of candy element. So I like to go up there and stock up on candy, and it's always, it's kind of, it's not a randomizer, and sends to be pretty damn good candy. And I said, hopefully this isn't, you know, like uh, dislodging my internal space. You know, I said, geez, Obama is still like, oh, my electrons. And I think... The woman at Rote Bottom, she said, nope, and we had a good laugh at that. And, you know, but you can't eat breakfast every day. Obviously, it wouldn't be healthy, but they make a hell of a scone. And I brought some to, you know, some of uh, just a little bit that you guys came here. And there, we drink some tea. Wow, I saw someone moving in their cottage, and they said, who's in their carriage? And they said, you know, we can't talk about it. And I said, okay. And they, you know, of course, said, oh, it's fine. I'm not interested one bit at all. And I said, just forget about it. Now, really there. Even I pretended I was talking to myself. And I said, no, don't double fool them. And then I said, well, I'll be back soon, you know. And I said, more and more gummy worms hoping to get you. Hope is gummy worms, transverse plane. But I didn't go near the catch for a few times, and then after I saw it, I still saw something moving in there. And I know I don't know if everybody agrees with this, but they are human. Do we have some sort of, uh, what is a lake or a location or awareness? I know they call it a phone proximity, 
or alarm echo uh, than a spaceship, but they say that some animals can tell when you're coming home. And sometimes you can sense, you know, when someone you have an affinity for or an attraction to or maybe even that uh, romantic attraction, but you're drawn to it. Is there some assumption in that carriage you're drawing me there? And finally I went around and I said, well, I'll just play. And I ran around the back of the cottage. And he was like, go cause the French doors. I mean, bread and breakfast like you have talked about. They have a hell of a lot of French doors. So I went out there and just had some tea and cottage patio in front of the French doors and acted like it was an uninhabited cottage, even though I knew it was uninhabited. And then I started singing really annoying songs, sitting there drinking tea that first time. And the second time I wore headphones and saying you fell out or even those and listened to anything. Somewhere along the air, maybe, I could have been made a better choice. Uh, they say, geez, where I was to sit in this current mess. I mean, you see where there could never be any change my choice, but it was a moment of no return because I'll never forget that. And finally, after the second time with the headphones, I felt a tap, tap, tapping on the glass. It was a nail, hardy and nail, and I pretended to a good look around, but not in the direction of the noise. It was then, I say, I went back to my singing like, oh, it must have been a bird. Then it was a pound, pound, pounding. And then I did all the work on the roof, move behind him a push. That was right at the French door, and he left the French door. Well, you see, we are coming out of it. And it should be on the right, but it was on my left because it was really pounding. Whoever it was, I still didn't know who it was because I was actually ignoring them, you know, to try and throw them in a fit of rage. I don't know what sank in, so them and their neighbors and my music was really loud. And then I turned to the French doors and Burgett, and I saw who was not too cool. I saw patches of green and black. I pretended to fix my hair like I had a full reflection of myself. And they said to know doing a point at yourself and talking wink. And finally, the door was open and swung open, and there, standing there, was a lady witchbeard, and she was in. She was, she was, in a she, was in suits. So I guess I don't want to get into it now, but she was, you know, I guess probably what you'd wear on a bed and breakfast if you lived in a cottage and then go outside. A lot of which schools kind of tend to look like, you know, depending on how layered they are. You know, like a, night like a nightgown. It was black. It said 17 or something. I didn't say that at the time. Now I'm just replaying it in my mind. Where is, I said, Lady Witchbeard, a holy mackerel? I used her first name. And she said, you know, you know, it was my name. And they said, Lady which were so formal, like her queen. And she didn't find that to me. And I use my musing well within my voice. I assume is I'm using it to her, was not in. And I said, geez, when did you get here? I've been drinking every day, tea here every day for, and she said, it's for, for you know she is new. And I said, just to get a bite of sn sn snaily intensity. 
Would you like a cup of Rubios or whatever? A really nice uh, snail Antanias? No snail were harmed. Uh, but I said, how about I pour you a cup? It's imported. And she said, she said, from the beginning, she said, you're soup, she said. Piteously, an egg. No, she didn't say that because she's not in Star Wars. And I said, I said, she's, she is you. I said, don't, you don't look great. As a matter of fact, and then there was a pause because I said, no, no, no. And I said, I don't feel great. I feel irritated. Some buffoon. And I said, well, you did, or I just didn't make you. I said, you're looking like a pale green. And I said, is there my imagination? Am I insulting you? Because this is true concern or inquiry, at least. That's not important right now. What led me to breaking now and maybe war, or so I thought, since you use this as my chance, you get it in a way which were a little bit better. And if you, she's a pirate, which you became a pirate. And I said, man, I would love to hear some of her war stories. Her, her 12 sea. They said she was a pirate on the 12 seas. If my memory serves correct, I could tell she's kind of a friend, maybe. Or she was doing a solo or not. I think I said, you just think cooped up here. And then I started to wonder if this was like a grand plan or that the people that ran the bed and breakfast gave me to help her without paying me or just gave me. I said, if you like one of those TV, it was like traveling to the worlds that help people. They bring people their bread and breakfast and help them find their way. And the person they manipulate to assist them in helping find their way not only do I have any control, I'm being manipulated or no say in the matter. And so when I say, well, they're maybe trying to help you, but in this situation, I think it was just that I liked Cat Lady Witchbeard out of a rival. I was intrigued by her. She's a strikingly beautiful woman, to be honest with you, even though, like you said, she was. But we started to spend some afternoon and see she was quiet and an acre because she was much more. I think she was Gregorious, uh, but I could tell she had a heavy heart. We were like she was, like a fish like she is. Lake was a fish removed from her sea, I guess, or like a pet that's not meant to be. They said, why is my goo monster so sluggish? Because you have in a cage, idiot. It's a wild animal. Oh, okay. Uh, why is the Q&A nice or so temperamental? So I said, how can I? Part of me said, how can I help this person? And I said, you know what we are. I tried some probing. Like, what are you eating? No. Are you getting some mistletoe over these fresh door, French doors uh, and get some air into here? Because it took a few tries. She kept resisting. And then I said... You know, and I said, you aren't eating any greens. And she said, no funny. I said, you know. And then we said it was kind of like being a sequence in a movie. You said that's what I would tell her. I kept trying to get a laugh. I said, maybe getting her to laugh will bring a green back. You know, to her skin and her face. And the G-U-L-O, the green go. 
is something you might be like this. You know, I had one too many Gregory Maguires, and I would say when I say Waycat, but I think I was drunk. So I don't know. But I simply, but no, 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 this is a candid tale. Well, yeah, I would fly around in a room. I mean, run around down there and crash into trees. It wasn't pretty woman. I was unhappy. She didn't. And I said, she's in. Then I said, have us some tunes, because uh, I knew when I was singing, that would get a rise out of her for a while. I just started playing random songs, or I said, geez, you got to check this out. And then she would say she had a thing for haunting guitars and, like, his folksy stuff. And even now, I can't remember the exact moment when we were in that cottage. And he catches one of these rooms. It was like a combo room, yes, a bed tucked away in one part, and in the sitting room, a living room, a bathroom, a little kitchen, and French doors. We were sitting there, like the laziest part of the day, you know, right around 2 or 3 p.m., that I was there, and I got it, but not to hide. And... When we all said music, it would just be this quiet between us, and I could tell there's something about these haunting songs. I may attempt to use which lady. She seemed like she was coming back, and I remember the song started to play, and it played all the way through, and she said, play that again. And it was a warm, good song, and a second time. So she stood up and she said, play it again, and this time she stood by the speaker and she said, you listen to this song play. And she had this look on her face, uh, you know, that this is a moment. Everything turned to package. And I was like, uh, she intent, is she, is she cute? I couldn't tell you. She said, what is it? What if you heard this song before? And she said, she said, who would have, what if this is, what is the song about? And, you know, my answer to her, unfortunately, is steeped in, like, ignorance, uh, says that's uniquely mine. Also, maybe what I saw was a good intention, but maybe it was, like, uh, steeped in sexual desperation or attraction to her. You know, so I just need to please her in a desire. Said it as a desire to help her, a desire to release the tension, not only my yearning tension, but also, say, in some childlike sense, I want mommy's headache to go away. I don't want any of this uncomfortableness. I want to go back to the five minutes uh, so, you know, we're aligned together in quiet peace listening to the song. Uh, So there was like this tension and I could not even see it in her neck. Her veins and her tendons were standing up in her neck and her cheeks. And her, I took it as uh, given her romance for the first time came out of my ignorance and my desire to be wadi. Maybe also for my whole cultural window. They came from my education and my difficulties and my biases, my interests and my what I mind chose to remember when I chose not to. Of course, my taste in music, uh, like what I chose to fixate on and what I chose to play for a lady, which appeared in all that I would intersect in this moment when she wanted to know what was this about? An essay, explain the tour, 
Everything would explode forward from there. It became like this one minute. Your big bang prowled us from that center point outward. And in this sense, uh, continue super into the unknown, but not necessarily to create, say, oh boy, this is good. And I explained it to her and saw her reaction. We'll talk more about this was a current unknown propelled in, was right back in the deck, uh, the deck of a ship where I was face down after hearing the post to say so. Pirates of the Caribbean and I hit the deck, uh, and I lied there while cringing. He said I started to wonder again the limitations. Right now I see two cannonballs. She'll learn more before I get into this adventure. I wish I knew the cannonballs blow up. Were they solid or were they a little tight? So, you know, I've seen the little tiny ones with the big round one. Are they hollow or do they blow up or are they just hard because I'd, they'd, I'd rather. And then going through my head fast, they said, I hope they're not cannonballs. But this sounded like it has a tendency to be over. Do I think I told you guys once, I think it was my first car thingamajig. When my dad was driving my brother Carl and Eric and I in the backseat of my dad's car, it was this tiny blue two turquoise Isuzu, either two or a Ford or a car, and during a snowstorm, and I think I had on my seatbelts. You know, Eric didn't because he bumped the seat in front of him, but no, pretty slow. As soon as the car stopped, I popped off my seatbelt and dove out of the car. I said, everybody get out, and I rolled away because I assumed the cars, as I've seen on TV a million times, would go poof. And it did not. Everyone looked at me, even my younger brother and his friend Eric and my dad, uh, which was with him, had a mix of confusion and amusement as I lay in the snowbank, uh, like in a stop, drop, and roll position with panic on my face for everyone's lives. But in this case, long silence was punctuated by the laughter of the crew of this ship we were in. And then lady appears in germ, get up, germ, get up, germ. And she had taken to call me germ, which is a whole nother story. And she said, we're not shooting, you know, germ. Join me. And they say, hey, wait, I know where we are in a bag. Uh, he said, I stink germ, and had already been taken by some other characters, including some mentor-mentee situation. I salute you, my member. And then it was like Susie and I came over, and I said, never mind, dude. And she's germ, join me again. I don't even know which side of the ship where I ran his uh, skateboard and some stuff to learn. But as you got up off the deck, there's you, Pardo's a war, and the deck crew was snickering at me. Felt like a primordial bottle of bacterial hooves like a germ. She called me over to the side of the ship where she was watching in the fog. He lifted the current, had separated in on the stage, and this sense was one ship firing. I had three others in fire after cannon fire. At a distance, it was a cool sound in the concurso. But at distance, she said, Germ, tell me what you see. And I said, The ship, sir, you know. It's a battle, a sea battle, and there you go. And she said, what was happening? So the ships are shooting the other ships. And she said, or she said, do you think that is it? 
And I said, from what I know about this situation, this is probably correct. So you say it is Cuba. Hispaniola, the same thing. I'm not sure. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they sent some people here. So it must be a battle between them. And she said, look at the flags. Or as the Spanish flag. No. She said, what are the flags of the ship? And I say, I really can't see, can you all that? Uh, she said, look for the colors. And then I noticed the colors of all four ships are the same Spanish flag. And I said, as I said, maybe it is the Q. And she said, look closer, Germ. And they said, do you look closer if you get this? And she said, what is happening? And I said, one of the ships is sinking. And she said, to see you see the ship in it. And she said, come on, Germ. And she said, I said, or we are not fighting back. And she said, more germ. And Sarah, she said, there's Pusey sinking the ships, and the ships are empty. And she said, I'm going to make you wake me, you know, raise me. I'm not sure. It's so embarrassed. You know, like when they're sunk and they say, geez, and you think you saw it, and she was already gone. She had gone to the captain's quarters and the house along with the crew. And they were, you know, so sure, you know, they were giving it to me. And I said, this is my first sea battle, and they will have to us. Uh, so thank goodness, you know, they had a laugh uh, at that. But I'll be honest, I cry. Maybe it was the fear. It had something to do with the adrenaline in me. But I was the embarrassment. Uh, but I kind of was of the year. I said a set, you know, that they are, like, uh, trying to make fun of me, uh, bully me in some sense. And I said, F you, pirates. You know, I honestly don't know what she said. So what do you want from me? You give it me when you want a ship in a suit. So this is all Lady Witchbeard bids you now yours. Uh, and I said, uh, you all... This whole mission in ways you'd be snuck to whatever the heck when we see you. Uh, talk to a pirate, like I said. Uh, I said, you're not even higher. You see cowboys. And I said, most of you are cowboys. She captured it so. And I said, she took out all the real pirates except for a couple of you. There is this one guy called Pagel. A gentleman had us uh, so afraid to come to his face. And he's like mostly cowboy types. And now they're all in pirate garb, but be so confusing. But believe me, I could tell the difference. Clean-shaven, for starters, cigarette smoke. And they say, you know, I was pissed, uh, but mostly bluster. But they are mostly blustering me, he said, was I know how I've been on uh, a ship before recently, and why me? I'm here waiting, which meant a lot, you know, north of you. Mostly I just yell. Whoever made fun of me, I had to yell back at them. It was sometimes effective. They were so angry and they knew they couldn't get rid of me. So at that moment, they just gave me a little more attitude or edge. And I don't think you earned or respect. Believe me, because this was what kept going back and forth in some sense. And I think if you can get it, I was like feeling superior to them. And maybe that was triggering their irritation. He just talked down to them like they didn't even deserve to be making fun of me. So I had this superior edge. 
And then the second ship started to sink, and quickly, as I did a ship a search, who lit into flames, and we kind of watched for a minute, and it was quiet, and I said, well, hopefully this is when they accept me. And then I said, what did she say? And then I noticed, so I said, backed up, because I said, don't leave. You know, you're back to a bunch of crabby pirates or some uptight trick to trick you. And then I said, don't walk backwards away, because they said if I tripped over something, then they'd be. So I turned around, will be our ship, and it can know I was drifting out to anchor, so we were going parallel to the shore, because the battle was taking place off someplace I couldn't tell. He's green. I saw some breaches, some hills, and some stuff, well, mostly the flag, which he kind of lifted, but not enough, and was turned, and I saw the other side of the ship come in from the other side. Something was coming at us big, and at first they said, maybe it's just like, uh, then you, I said, I think he's moving towards us, uh, and it's some silly triangular, and then I said, Jesus, and then he says, I'm moving towards you as I getting bigger. And I said, she said, Susie a little while. And then I said, what is it? I said, go, 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 go get lady Witchbeard. And I said, what WTF of lady Witchbeard appeared quick. And I was amazed. Uh, what is their water walker? And they said, okay. So I said, yes, John. I said, our giants, I, it was a giant coming towards us. A giant human. And they said, are you sure? And he said, no, no. They said, yeah, look at the perspective here. They say, it's just an illusion. And they try to talk me out of it. And I said, you can see it. Uh, they say, look at the trees and the hills. And they say, it's getting bigger, said giant. It's coming in our direction. But then you start to see the outline. So it was moving pretty fast. And I didn't know he was in the adrenaline, you know. So, hey, Zeus, it was all smarmy with these guys, and they said it was their ignorance. I don't know whether it was. I don't know why I was taking delight in the giant coming at us, but I served as a shining armor. And the giant and the giant can kiss the door boys, and they said, you can kiss the way. And I said, you can kiss the door. He may be king. So Dory said, and now I see the helmets. We could probably see it was probably 30 feet tall. It had, and Jack said how. And I mean, I was so surprised he gave that helmet. Uh, you know, I was in the pictures, and it had the breastplate on. And they said, what the hell do you think? Uh, and I said, it's skating towards us. And then I heard Lady Witchbeard, or am I? It's a can door, appeared yanking Chelsea's door, and she said so. And she said, I'm pretty sure they're non-cords. Uh, it's pretty sure. And then the gifts again and the crew, and a big part of me is doing this to put them in the place that they said or not. Uh, and I said, I'm not even sure if that's proper pronunciation, but it made me feel good. And I said it again. I said it in court. My lady witchbeard. And she said, how can you tell? And some guy said, yeah, how do you know? And I said, yes, yes, yes. I believe this eyes are kerning, or just gleaming from the reflection of the water. By those eyes, it's anatomy or soldierin', he said, using sewer water, water dance, or ice skate, ice dancing. 
when they call it that, uh, but I said it was like dancing, like a ballet. Ice skating should be ice dancing, and ice dancing should be ice ice moves or something. And he said he's used to gliding towards us like a kid again, a kid in a pond. Addie, and she said, your arm, your arm, you never warmed me. And she said, issue, shake, shake your hand. And I said, oh, geez, I've flown into some sort of, uh, she said, this isn't magic. And they said, well, you said something weird. And no, wait a second. My reaction is totally, you're right, a giant. And I started to panic. They sort of panicked because the lady Witchbeard was really mad. And there was like a 30 foot in the door. Somehow skating against across the water right at us. And he was grinning and. I grabbed a lady witch beard, which was the safest place, and I said, what can you do? And I said, fire off cannons, and they said, we can't aim the caps skimming. And then we came, and I said, row, and she said, you're the lady witch beard, and you know Jeremy, you should know, she sure told me at you, and she says, you should have known it was magic years, I said, and I said, no, I asked if it was, and then I grabbed Lady Witchbeard and I jumped overboard with her. That's all I could think to do. Maybe then right as a widow of her non or I'm assuming Jake or Chelsea, Door Spanish, Chick, and Keyset. Uh, and he went back with his foot and just uh, kicked the ship or the pirate ship, well, not technically a lady like a pirate ship. Uh, he kicked it like it was a footballer. No, 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 no. Again, you are what sport? I don't know if they played football back then, but he kicked the thing hard. And there was a crunch of wood, but I think it was just a little. He said, uh, you had a nice kick, and the ship sailed like, uh, I don't know where it headed, into the shore it skidded, smashed up against the beach, now far from where the ships were firing on the other ships, and the debris had hit a wadi, which was beer. But I grabbed a piece of debris. Now we're out of luck, out of my narrow skill set. Swimming is one thing I excel at around swimming team. Cortez seems satisfied with his kick. And I says, strange, he said. Anyway, he'd kicked our ship in. And I had a piece of wood, and I had both of them under two or eighty, which appeared and took her by her arms, and I did a backup backstroke. And I knew I'd make it, uh, they said, because I wasn't on the swim team for some reason, but I'm a good swimmer. And I said, geez, with the backflip on these boards, I'll make a sure Swedish wish for it. I headed towards shore, shore towards where I estimated our boat had been kicked by the kinkiest door in the boats. It's probably the best place for it. I said, yes, as an acre, it will make more sense. But it doesn't even make sense how they ended up there. It was part of this curse. Christy, but when I got myself into it, so I was clinging to Lady Witchbeard, which I just know shoes, shoes, shoes. So peaceful. And I hope you guys are peaceful rocking as they carry you to the shores of restfulness. Good night.